You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is Put It On. Look at your neighbor today and remind them the simple statement of put it on. Here we go. Look at the other neighbor. Put it on. Tell them, put it on, put it on. Back in September... Me and my wife went to Charleston, and we were walking, spending time together, and I believe it's King Street. Is that the expensive street where everything's, everything is? Okay, all right. All the ladies said yes. All the men groaned and said amen. And we were walking down the street looking at different things, and we came across uh, one of the very few men's stores. Didn't know that they were there. They're kind of tucked away. But there was a store, uh, and it had a suit jacket. I don't wear them that often. I'm wearing this today because I'm tiny, and I'm skinny, and I'm cold, and I can't put on enough clothes to keep me warm. If I could have a little fire right here or a heater while I'm preaching, that would be great. So I saw this suit jacket, and I thought, let's go in and and walk through the store. And so we walk in, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for this suit jacket, Um, And it's very apparent when I walk past, I don't know, the shoe, uh, I mean the sock uh, section or the tie section or or whatever, and I glance at the price, I made a mistake and I shouldn't be in here. And as soon as I walked in and we're kind of looking around, the, uh, the salesperson who works there walks to us and the first thing he says to us is the sale rack is in the back of the store. And he knew immediately that I wasn't supposed to be in there. And as we're walking to the back of the cell rack, he tells us there's actually a rack further back by the bathrooms that is even more on sale that you should look at. I thought, well, this is hurting my pride and my ego now that you're putting me back by the bathroom. And I did find a pair of shoes on that rack and Maddie was like, why don't you see if they have your size? And I was like, I'm not going to ask the guy about the sale, sale, sale rack by the bathroom with the pair of shoes. So then I walked to the sale rack, and I started looking through there, and I saw one of the jackets that I'd seen in the opening of the window. And I reached down and looked at the tag, and it was a couple thousand dollars. And Maddie, as she kind of walked around and, and she started pulling some different things, said, put that down, babe. We can't touch this. If we get our fingerprints on it, they're going to charge us like 10%. And she said, babe, why don't you try this on? Why don't you put this on? Why don't you go in there and, and, and put on this, uh, there was like a, a, a half zip kind of hoodie thing and, and some shirts. She said, why don't you go put them on? And I said, babe, number one, I don't think anybody should spend this much money on clothes much less should I spend this much money on me to buy these clothes. I am not worthy to put on a $1,000 on the sale rack suit jacket. I'm wearing it right now. No, I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> it's from H&M and like 20 bucks. And I walked out of that store and I thought, and as Maddie said, you should have tried something on. You should have put something on. And I said, no, I'm not going to spend that much money and I am definitely not worth putting that much on, but let's go buy you some $700 shoes, I guess, in the next store. God is encouraging us today to put on several things. 
And you might have the same feeling as me that I was in that store, that you don't feel worthy or what God wants you to put on today is too expensive to waste on you. But I want to encourage you today that you're worth it. And we're going to see three things, maybe even four things, that God wants you to put on today that are very expensive. I'm not going to lie to you. They're so expensive, they cost the blood of his one and only son, Jesus. It's very expensive. It's very costly what he's asking you to put on today. But the price tag is free if you only believe. Jesus paid all the price so that you could put these things on today, and the only cost that it is to you and me and humanity is to just believe in what he did. The word put on is what we're going to look at. It's a phrase that we're going to see over several scriptures today. And in the Greek, the word is Indio, E-N-D-Y-O, and it means sinking into a garment. It means to invest with clothing. It means to be arrayed, to clothe, to endue, to have, to put on. You might be thinking, well, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. I don't deserve to put on anything from Christ. You might be able to because you're holding the mic or somebody on the worship team because they're singing or Somebody who gave today, they deserve that. Last night as I finished my sermon, number one, I was so thankful that the time change happened. As I closed my computer in the living room and it said 1230, I closed it and thanked God because in my mind I said, it's only 1130 and boy, we're about to have some sleep. And I went into my room, and my wife was already asleep and I got in bed And because my wife does not love me, she should have been rolling all throughout the bed to get it warm for both sides, but she was just being selfish and warming her side. So when I got in my bed on my side, it was freezing, and I immediately got out, and I went to our closet, and I started searching for a blanket, and my wife, being so loving, bought me a weighted blanket for Christmas last year. Me not being the biggest of fellas, I almost had to wake her up to get her to help me carry it to the bed. So I pick this blanket up, and I'm walking to the the room, and I'm putting it on my side, because she was selfish, and she didn't help me out, so I'm definitely not going to help her out. And I start putting this blanket on my side, and she's like, what are you doing? Why are you making so much noise? I was like, well, I love you too. I said, babe, I'm putting a blanket on my side. I said, do you want me, because I'm a loving husband, I said, do you want me to put some of the blanket on your side? She's like, no, it's hot. Don't put it on my side. Okay, all right, we're not going to do that. So I put it on my side, and I crawled in. You might think that you're not worthy. You might think that I've got plenty of time in my life, and I don't need to put on what you're about to tell me. I've got my own identity. I've got my own ideas. I've got my own path. I've got my own walk of life, and I don't need to put on anything that God has for me. You might be thinking that right now, but just listen to me over the next three hours as I preach. (laughs) And just listen, and maybe one of these things you can put on today and see your life change. The first thing, which is always the answer in the church, is put on Christ. It's a good place to start. Put on Jesus this morning. 
in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, is very simple. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, For as many as you were baptized into Christ, have you put on Christ. That we make it a priority to put on Christ. Romans chapter 13, verse 14, Paul tells us the same thing. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So if I put on Christ, then that means there's an exchange. And the more that I put on Christ, the less that there is my desire of flesh. That means there's less desire for me to fulfill the lust. If you're having struggles with your flesh and you're always doing the no-nos, the things you shouldn't be doing, well, then this scripture encourages you to put on Christ. Get to know him. If you've never been saved, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, well, now is the perfect time in a church to believe and ask him in. Simply believing the gospel that Christ died for your sins, make it personal. He was buried in a tomb for three days, but he didn't stay in that tomb. He rose again on that third day victorious. He did die, but he didn't stay dead. Now he's alive. And the idea of putting on Christ is being born again. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, we see the prophet Isaiah speaking, and he says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For look at what he's done. He being capitalized, talking about God. For he has clothed me with a garment of salvation. Which means I had another garment on. A garment of being a sinner. A garment of being someone in darkness. A garment of being someone who was separated, who was uh, an enemy of God, the scripture says. But here it says, I rejoice greatly and my soul shall be joyful because he put something on me. And what he put on me wasn't guilt, wasn't shame, wasn't embarrassment. I'm, I had my son die for you and you think you're good enough to come and ask for his forgiveness? No, what he puts on us is a garment of salvation. And that's not the only thing. He's covered me in a robe of righteousness. Corinthians, it talks about a scripture that I quote all the time, that I'll quote until I die, and until you memorize it, that he who knew no sin became sin, so that we who were sinners could become righteousness. And he put on a garment of salvation, and he covered us. He covered you. He covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That we make it a focus and a priority to remember to put on Jesus. To put him on so that he can cover us in a robe of righteousness and a garment of salvation. If I go to the local sports store or if I order something off of the internet, such as a Michael Jordan jersey, Kobe Bryant jersey, maybe I get a Tom Brady jersey. I make the decision to go get a Derek Jeter full Yankee uniform, put that on and wear that next Sunday. 
or maybe even Tiger Woods. Maybe I put on my red Sunday shirt. If I put on the same outfit that Tiger wears on his Sunday championship round, I guarantee you I'll still hit over 500 at the Masters if you ask me to go play. Hey, what'd you shoot? I don't know, like 500 over par? But you had the shirt on. I know. I'm going back. I'm getting a refund. This is ridiculous. Tampa Bay, I don't know who they're playing today at noon or at 4.30. If I go put on a Tom Brady jersey, fly to the Tampa Bay Stadium, try, just if I even try to walk past security with my uniform on, that first security guard is going to go, excuse me, sir, and I'm going to say, you're stopping Tom Brady? I've got a game to win. I've got six championship rings. I'm unstoppable. They said, well, we're going to stop you right here. If I put on my Jordan jersey or my Kobe jersey, there's no way right now if we go out to the town park that I can jump from the free throw line. I mean, I can jump from it, but I'm not getting very far. I'm not doing the Space Jam magic flying through the air like he does. Because just because I put on their uniform doesn't mean that I've received the same athletic ability that they have, the same height, the same weight, the same years of study and planning and practicing. But God is a gracious God and God is abundant God. And when you put on Christ, Jesus gives you the same authority He gives you the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. It says it dwells in you. It says in the scriptures that as Jesus is, I didn't didn't write the scripture. I'm just going to quote it to you and you can deal with it. As Jesus is, so are you. When you put on Christ, you have the same spirit inside of you. You have the same authority to use his name, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. I put on Jordan's jersey and I'm nothing like him, but when I put on Jesus, I become just like him. He says, you will do greater things than me when you put on Christ. He gives you his authority. He gives you his name. He gives you his power. He gives you his spirit. He gives you all of those things and he gives them freely with the only exception of you believing that he will do that for you. Put on Christ. The second thing we see is to put on the new man. Put on the new man. Number one, put on Christ. Number two, put on the new man. And we're going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. And it says, but you have not so learned Christ, verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, that you put off... So we're taking something off. We've got to take something off so that we can put something on. Concerning your former conduct, what are we putting off? The old man, that ugly guy, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, here it is, that you put on, so we're taking something off, we're putting something on, the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and in true holiness, praise God. 
that we put on Christ first by asking him into our heart, asking him into our lives. But then at the same time that you put on Christ, there's something else that happens spiritually where you put on the new man. We've talked about it in previous sermons where Nicodemus comes and talks to Jesus in John chapter 3. And Jesus says, you must be born again. And he says, what am I supposed to do? Crawl back into my mother, get back in the womb at 30, 40 years old? He says, well, if you can't understand this as a teacher of the law, then how how are you going to understand these spiritual things? Scripture in Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live is in faith, in him. I am a new creation. The old things have gone away. Behold, all things are new. But I said yes on Sunday to God, and I'm still dealing with stuff on Monday. I know. This stupid flesh. We hate it. Paul hates it. He says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I keep doing them. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, what am I supposed to do? It's Jesus. It's constantly putting on and reminding ourselves that we are a new creation, that we are a new man. The old man has gone away. People might say, I know you go to church, but I saw what you did Saturday night. I saw what you said on social media Monday through. I see what you do at work, and then you think you can just go to church and raise your hands. I put on the new man. I'm working through some things. There's still some of that old man that's trying to hold me back, but I'm going to let him go. I'm going to keep putting him off. Nope, I'm not going to put you back on. I'm not going to keep dealing with these same sins. The sins that you deal with every day, every hour, that you're trying to overcome, you put on that new man with Christ, all of a sudden that sin starts fading away. The desire isn't there anymore. The struggle isn't there anymore. You go from doing it daily to weekly to monthly to yearly, and then you look back and you say, my, 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 look what the Lord has done. He's taken me from faith to faith. He's taken me from glory to glory. Because God is a promoting God. He wants to bring you upward. He doesn't want to leave you where you're at in the old man. He wants to pull you up higher into the new man. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Colossians chapter 3. Paul writing as well. He says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Uh Uh-oh, that puts some work. That puts the ball in your court. I want the pastor to do it for me. God, I want you to do it all for me. I just want to sit here and have you fix everything. And he says, wait, wait, wait. Here's some things that you need to be cognizant of, that you need to be aware of, that you need to be have some ownership of. We're going to put off this old man. When it starts rising up, no, 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 you're not going to show up again. I'm not going to do the same things that I've been doing. I'm going to put off all these things. Anger, that's a good one to put off. Wrath, malice, blasphemy. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago, this same scripture. Filthy language out of your mouth, verse 9. Do not lie to one another. That's a good one to put off. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, verse 10. And have put on the new man. And what's the new man? Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The image of him. 
That when I look in the mirror, I don't see myself, the old man. When I look in the image, I see Jesus. You remember those uh, carnival mirrors when you'd walk in there and they'd be different shapes of your body, tall, short, wide. Something else would show up there. It's not you, though. But that when I look in that mirror, I don't see the old man. I see the new man. I see Jesus in me because I've put off that old man and I've put on the new man. I know we're early. I know some of y'all maybe already have your Christmas trees up after Halloween. But there's a movie that you should watch, not in, not in November. Wait till December to watch it with your kids. It's called The Santa Claus. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. I think there's 50 of them now. But the first one was the best one with Tim Allen where Tim Allen is just a regular old guy hanging out at his house. And he sees somebody on his roof and he yells at him. Santa falls off the roof and disappears. And he sees this card that says, whoever puts on this robe becomes the new Santa. And his son gets so excited and they have this crazy dream. And I don't want to ruin it for you. It was only made in the 90s. And there's this scene after he's put on this robe where he's trying to go to work, or before he even goes to work, he steps on the scale, and he's got this belly, and he tries to shave. I don't know if you remember that. And he shaves, and he clean shaves, and he's doing all this, and he's doing all this work, and all of a sudden, this full beard just grows out. He's wearing a sweatsuit. He goes to work. He's ordering cookies. He's eating all this food, and all these people are saying, I think his name's Calvin, Calvin Johnson, is that? No, that's a football player. <laughs> what was his first name? Cal- his name was Calvin, I think. I think his initials were SC. Scott Calvin, there we go, look at that. Teamwork. I'll let you preach the rest of it. Oh, okay. And they're asking, the people at work are asking him, what happened to you? You, were used to, you used to wear suits, you were professional, you knew what was going on. But something has changed. And he went to the doctor and he says, no matter what I do, I am not the old man anymore. Every time I try and be the old man, I try and shave and be that old man, something changes on me. My beard grows out. I try and not eat and then I eat two cookies and all of a sudden my belly gets bigger and I start laughing and I start enjoying life and I'm starting to see the joy of life and snow and presents and kids. There's something different about the old man and I can't go back to it. As much as he tried to go back to the old man, he was still this new man. He was Santa Claus. Trusting in God, believing in God, putting on Christ, putting on that new man. Even if you tried, that sin is not going to be as fun as it once was. It's not going to be as enticing as it once was. It's not going to be as addictive as it once was. Because when you put on that new man, there's something different about you. And people are going to start noticing. They're going to notice the smile on your face. They're going to notice the joy in your heart. They're going to know the change in how you talk. You used to be so negative. You used to be so condescending. You used to never have anything good to say. But I met Jesus. He gave me a new man. He gave me a new heart. He gave me a new idea. He gave me a new word. He changed my life. He saved my life. He saved my family. He saved my kids. He saved my job. He saved my marriage. And I can't go back to that old man. 
put on the new man. The next set of scriptures that we have as we're winding down is put on the armor. Put on the armor. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. Now it's time to go to work and put on the armor. Romans chapter 13. We read chapter verse 14, but we're going to go up a little bit higher to verse 11 and 12. Romans chapter 13 for verse 11 says, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. Now is the time to wake up. Now is the time to realize that God is good. Now is the time to realize that God wants to save you. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you. God wants to be involved in your life. God wants to have conversations with you. Now is the time. Don't wait till tomorrow. You're not even promised tomorrow. Now is the time to make a decision. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12 says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off. Look, once again, there's something that we're casting off, something we're taking off, the works of darkness. I'm getting rid of that old man, putting on the new man, and let us put on the armor of light. The scripture says, and I pray this at the end of every service, that we are the salt and light of the earth. We are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. When you say yes to God, whether you like it or not, you become a light. That it attracts and draws things to you. People are just going to come and talk to you and tell you about their problems. You don't have to just be a pastor for somebody at work. Is there somebody at work that seems to always come to you and tell you about their problems? Well, me and my wife got in a fight again. Who are you? What department do you work in? How do you know? Me and why are we talking? How'd you get my email address? Well, I just, I just don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do next. Okay, well, you are a light. You've put on the armor of light. People are attracted to you because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And what people are looking for right now, now more than ever, is hope. And when they see somebody who has hope, they're instantly attracted and saying, how can I have what you have? I see your world falling apart, but yet you're at peace. Yet you have no money, but you're giving. You're going to that church. You're raising your hands. You're praising God. You're reading your Bible. And it seems like everything's falling apart. What is going on in your life? I have to know. It's because you have the armor of light on you. You're just shining brightly for all to see. Ephesians chapter 6. We've heard this scripture before. Verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on, put on, put on the whole armor of God. Not just some of it. Not just a piece here or a piece there. Or put on some of it when I'm going to work or when I'm at church. Leave some of it at home when I'm doing whatever I'm doing on the weekend. No, make it a priority to put on the whole armor of God. And why? So that you may withstand against the wiles of the devil. The devil does not take time off. The devil and his evil minions are not getting ready for the holidays. They're not planning where they're going for Thanksgiving. They're not going to take vacation 
The thief, it says in the scripture, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. The scripture says that the thief walks around like a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I've got the armor of God on. I've put on the full armor of God. Therefore, you dumb devil, you're not going to devour me. You're not going to devour my family. You're not going to devour my kids, my finances, my house, my dog, my cat. You're not going to come near me because I'm going to resist you and he must flee, says the scriptures. So it's vital and important every morning, every day, every moment of your life that you put on the armor of God. And be ready for the attacks of the devil that are going to try and come against you. Because you are a shining light which darkness doesn't like. And it wants to shut down every light that's out there. It wants to shut down every church. It wants to shut down every person. It wants to shut down every ministry. Darkness is constantly trying to push the light out and cover more areas of darkness. But we as armor bearers of the light, have a job and a responsibility to push back on the kingdom of darkness. You're not going to take one more ground of darkness in this community. We as Press Church and the other churches around here, we are going to be the shining light, and we're going to shine brighter in this community than any type of darkness, whether it be racism, whether it be poverty, whether it be religion, whether it be whatever it is, we're going to shine brighter then those attacks from the devil, and we're going to win this town. We're going to win this community. We're going to win this state. We're going to win this nation, and we're going to win this world because that is the calling of every person, not just the fivefold ministry, but you and me together as one body pushing back the works of the devil. Now, there's only certain people that wear armor. Me today, I'm, I'm not wearing a bulletproof vest, because that's not in my job requirement. So far in my 10 years of ministry, my three years of being here, no one has tried to shoot me from the pulpit. Hopefully that stays true going forward over the next years of ministry. But those who wear body armor wear it because they understand that they are constantly under attack. Policemen wear body armor because... They understand that there is a possibility in their line of work that they could get attacked. Firefighters wear a certain type of body armor because they understand when they walk into that house that's burning, they need something to protect them. If there was a fire that was burning right now and I decided that I'm going to go help put it out and I go get my little garden hose from home, and I screw it onto the nozzle of the same house that's on fire, and I walk in to the fire wearing this exact thing, I am in trouble before I even hit the front door. Military wears armor because they understand that the job that they are doing has them set up to be attacked. It is vital and it is important that if you understand the business that you're in, that you wear the correct uniform, and you are a soldier of the Most High God. You are a part of His army. Whether you like it or not, when you said yes to Him, you were automatically enlisted. You were drafted and grafted into His kingdom, and you are a soldier in His army, 
And it's not just the pastor who's supposed to go out there and take care of the devil. It's your responsibility as well because he told the disciples, you go out there and you lay hands on the sick. And if anything poisonous tries to attack you, it's not going to harm you. You go raise the dead. You go make disciples. You go teach the gospel. And it's vital for each and every one of us to prepare ourselves as being soldiers in the army of God to put on the full armor of God every day so that we can go beat that dumb devil up and down this world until we finally throw him in the pits of hell where he should be already and where he'll stay for eternity because he's already been defeated. God is on our side. God has given us the victory. God causes us to triumph. So we as the soldiers in the army of God already have the victory. We've already defeated him. We've already won. But he thinks and he tries to manipulate us to think that he's winning that he's the one overseeing this thing, that he's got the plan in motion that's going to cause everything to collapse. No, no, no. As long as the light is still on the earth, we're still going to push darkness away from this area. And as we conclude, put on Christ, put on the new man, put on the armor, and lastly, put on the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 57. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 51, says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Praise God. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We're taking something off, putting something on. For this corruptible, this body, this flesh must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immorality. Praise God. Verse 54. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immorality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Look at verse 55. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Verse 56. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But look at verse 57. But thanks be to God who causes us and gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the end, you win. Whether I'm died and buried in a grave, it says here, I win. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Whether I'm still walking this earth, Jesus is coming back for us. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his army. And it says that I will put off this old man, this flesh man, and he's going to give me a brand new body. Come on, Lord, give me an athletic body when I go up there. Arnold Schwarzenegger body. If I'm going to be fighting in the army, give me, a, give me something nice and muscular something that I can jump and dunk on when I get to heaven. Once the team of a professional sports wins their championship, they're given these rings, championship rings. And you've seen over the years how amazing, how gaudy, how expensive these championship rings are. They're massive. Sometimes you, it looks like it just swallows the whole hand, one ring. I don't know if Tampa Bay's was like that, but Golden State had a ring that also detached to where you could see the stadium inside their ring. So they had this big ring, and then you could take off the top part of it, and it would show the whole stadium inside their ring when they won a couple years back. 
It's crazy how these rings are made. But at the beginning of the next season, they are known and recognized as the champion. They are known and recognized as the victor, and they are given a ring to put on. And no matter what happens that next season, no matter what happens for the rest of eternity when it comes to that sports league, they are always known as the champions. That I won and I was a champion and I'm still a champion however many years. And whenever there is a championship of whatever league, you see all these old players come out and they're all wearing their rings. Because it's a symbol to everyone around them that they are victorious. That there's nothing that can ever take away the victory that they've already achieved and obtained. And as we finish today, I want to remind you to put on victory. Thanks be to God who's given you the victory already to triumph and overcome that dumb devil. When the trumpet sounds, whether you're alive or in the grave, then you get to put on the victory ring and be known as the victor and celebrate with the champion, the one who won it all, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the victor, the amen, the full embodiment of grace and truth, the champion. We will celebrate with him for eternity that we are here on earth now champions and for eternity we will forever be known as victorious champions in Christ. In Jesus' name, if anything today, put on Christ. Get to know him. Make him the Lord of your life. Believe on him. Believe what he did on the cross was enough for you. Him shedding his blood could saturate every sin that you've ever committed, you're currently committing, or you ever will commit. He eradicated it. As soon as you said yes to him, he erases your ledger and he puts his name where your name is saying, he's one of mine. Put on the new man. Let that old man go. Put on the armor of God so you can fight against the devil and put on the victory as we have the military driving through right now. So like, we're going to war now, so put on the armor now, I guess. Let's stand up as we get ready to head out today. Father, I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to put on the most expensive thing that has ever been in the history of time, and that was the shedding of blood of your one and only son, Jesus. That we have the opportunity to freely believe to put on Christ. That we have the opportunity now, today, to put off the old man, to let go of that old nature, those old traditions, those old habits, and put on the new man that you have paid a price for. That, Father, as we go into Monday morning, we put on the full armor of God. We know that the devil's coming out trying to attack us, trying to uh, kill us, trying to steal from us, trying to destroy us, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to us. It's not going to happen to this congregation. It's not going to happen to our family. It's not going to happen to this church, and it's not going to happen to this community because I am in the room full of soldiers who are saying, here am I, Lord, send me to go out and be an agent of change and to diffuse the grace and the knowledge of Christ everywhere that I go. And finally, Thank you, Father, for reminding us that we can put on victory. We might feel like we have defeat in some certain aspect of our life, but you've already given us the victory. We are victors. We are victorious. We always win. You're on our side. You're taking care of us. Therefore, I will not fear. I will not worry. I will not struggle. I will believe that I am victorious because of what Jesus did. And by putting on him, I'm putting on that ring of victory. Now, Father, I ask you, your scripture says, 
that each and every person here has the mind of Christ. Your scripture says that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Your scripture says that they are blessed right now where they're at. They're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. They're blessed in their going. They're blessed in their coming. They're blessed everywhere they go, and everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, your word says that they are the salt and light of the earth, the city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. So, Father, use us this week to be that armor of light and shine everywhere we go, that we are the ones that go out and encourage people to love Jesus, that we're the ones that are out there that are encouraging people to hope, to trust, to just give Jesus one more opportunity, to go to church one more time and hear one more message, to experience his goodness and to turn to him one more time and trust that he's going to show up and provide. Now, Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you next Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.